Hi, I'm Hannah May. And I'm Hannah Gray. Welcome to Beauty and the Imperfections. A place where you don't have to be perfect. Because neither are we. So grab a seat and a cup of coffee. And your Bible. And let's dig in. You have redeemed me. You have made me new. You have restored me. church your kids are fighting in the back seat you get there five minutes late and when you arrive you open up those the doors of your minivan and as you are water bottles fall out empty ones from the day before and you look over and you see sally joe walking back to her car which is perfectly vacuumed and amazing. And of course her kids are behind her holding hands and singing hymns. And she's brought three extra casseroles for the potluck this Sunday. And your kids unload, bringing the trash, water bottles, and each other out of the car. You have your hair up in a bun because you didn't take a shower this morning. You barely made it out the door. And instead of a hot dish that you brought for the potluck, you grabbed cookies because that's what you had. And they're store-bought. Nothing homemade about them. And then you look at your children and you realize one is wearing mismatched clothes with unbrushed hair. The other one has on a dress with dirty tennis shoes that has, that's covered in mud from the, the day before. And one of your children is wearing the donut that you grabbed from your healthy breakfast on the way to church. And it is in that moment where you overhear Sally Joe telling someone about what a glorious morning they had in prayer and all the other things and being part of the worship team and serving in the nursery that you step back and just question, am I enough? Will I ever be enough? What does enough even look like? And how do I get there? So the question we're asking today is, are we enough? This is a huge question. It's obviously something that Hannah and I have both struggled through and something I continue to struggle with all the time. It's, it doesn't have one answer. It's got many facets to it. And that's what we are going after today. So are you enough before Christ? Um, so then there's after Christ. So there are two ends of the spectrum here that we're going to look at. And one is like a self-love where you're the most important thing. And that's the focus. 
And then the other end of the spectrum is almost like a self-abuse. It's like you're taking the Proverbs 31 woman and saying she's not good enough and we're going to take this a step further. I'm going to up my game. Then there's how self-love applies. So let's look at the first point, which is before Christ. Are we enough? And the answer is no, we're not. And we won't ever be. And at first, I think that that can be hard to hear. I think hearing that we're never going to reach enough can be very discouraging. But to me, I actually feel very encouraged by the fact that I cannot be enough because that means I don't have to ever try and reach a goal that's not attainable, that Christ can do that for me. So for me, when I hear I'm not enough without Christ, and I never will be, at first, I don't like that, especially being a proud person. I don't like that. But there is beauty in it because knowing that I can't reach that unattainable goal is actually pretty cool. It takes the pressure off. The next point is, um, when are we enough then? The answer is after Christ. Like, we can never be enough. That's not something that's attainable for us. It's not something we can earn or something that we can um, work towards. The only way that we will ever be enough is through Christ and through his death on the cross. He walked he, through his death on the cross without a T. He washes our sins away. And um, it's a beautiful picture, but it's also something that's really hard to really understand because um, because we live in a world where achievements are valued, where our value is based on the things that we accomplish or intrinsic value. And the weird part is it's not part of our makeup to ever be enough without Christ. And like Hannah said earlier, it's a pretty beautiful thing because if we were enough without Christ, what would we need him for? Instead, we have this innate desire and yearning to get closer to him. And because he's the only thing that can make us enough without him, we will be worthless. We will be not smart. We will be all those things that in the intro video, those women were holding up those signs for without him. We are all those things. We're failures, but with Christ, we're not anymore. He washes us white as snow. We had just mentioned if we're enough and just because we're enough in Christ doesn't mean that we don't need to take care of ourselves. And there is this worldly view of self-love and there's this godly view of self-love. So that's what we're going to talk about now. The thing about like godly views and worldly views is a lot of times very parallel and they, they seem surface, surface level, they seem very similar and they're not. And that's, I think what makes it hard for churches to really differentiate between the hatred of all self-love um, versus the acceptance of Christly, godly self-love, Christly self-love, <laughs> Christly, you know, um, but I think churches stay away from self-love in general because they see the worldly view, which is similar to the biblical view of self-love and they don't want they don't want the misconception that the worldly view and the biblical view are the same. So instead what they do is they just shun all self-love and that's not actually accurate either. So what we want to dive into is what is healthy self-love? What is unhealthy? Um, 
And what we're actually going to dive into right now are two forms of unhealthy self-love. Um, one of them, Hannah and I both struggle with, and that is like a self-sacrificing, which when we realize that this is our struggle, we're like, no, no, the Bible tells us to be self-sacrificing. We're doing the right thing, but we weren't. We were sacrificing to the point where we weren't taking care of ourselves and we had taken care of our kids and our husbands. And we were doing all of those things to make sure everyone else was okay. And then we weren't okay. For me, that looked like not eating, um, not taking care of myself, not doing the things that you need to do to just be a normal human. And what that looks like when you're self-sacrificing in an unhealthy way, it's actually a form of manipulation. And you're expecting other people to pick up the slack of taking care of yourself because you're doing that for them. And you're not allowing them to grow because you're taking on their daily tasks. There's a verse, um, Hannah and I really dove into this hardcore for like an entire year because this is something that we both really struggle with. And we looked at the boundaries books by Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend. And one of their, um, one of the scriptures that they um, base a lot of their story on is, so Galatians 6, 2 through 4, bear one another's burden so, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if any of you thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. So what this is talking about is like the word burden here is talking about something that's not in your day-to-day tasks, something that's bigger. So like for me going through my divorce, that was something that was much bigger than something that was just day-to-day tasks. So I really leaned on to like a ton of friends, Hannah, for sure. I called like every day, multiple times a day. Um, and I just had various friends that really stepped up in my life. And that to me was such a beautiful picture of this, um, bearing one another's burdens because it was much too much for me to bear on my own. Um, but the word load here at the end, when it talks about, but let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor for each one will bear his own load. That's talking about day-to-day tasks. And that's where Hannah and I were struggling is we were taking on all of these other people's day-to-day tasks that they needed to do by themselves. And in that way, we weren't being loving at all. Like we thought we were, but we weren't. We were really hurting those people by not letting them take that responsibility, by not letting them grow, by really stunting their growth and stunting these people that we loved. Like these people were like my children and my husband and, um, and it just wasn't healthy. And, um, so in doing that, we really take away from the people around us and we take away from ourselves. And again, I just want to mention that it is a manipulation. It's a manipulation that you're taking care of other people. And the expectation then is that somebody will come around and take care of you. And even though that's not the thought process behind what I was doing, I wasn't sitting there being like, 
did this for you, your turn to do it for me, but not taking care of myself at all was just an invitation for resentment and um, it just wasn't giving the people around me the best me, if that makes sense. For sure. And I think for me, like my problem was I felt like I wasn't I, I got into this mindset that I wasn't allowed to take a break. I wasn't allowed to stop. And the crazy thing was like, at that time I was doing so much, but like little things like my house being a mess or even just like making dinner for my husband or even spending time with my husband. Like those are things that got put on the back burner because I was doing the wrong, because my priorities weren't in the right place you know, because I was like, oh no, I have to be this Proverbs 31 woman. Well, I was totally not looking at her like at all. I was just looking at what I thought was important. Right. And honestly trying to outdo her, you know, and because I felt like, okay, well, I need to sign up for this. I need to be the youth director. I need to. And at this time I had three little kids, like, and I like new kids, like, so three and under, three kids. It was hard. And I remember went to church one time and this man's like, Hannah, you don't look very good. And I was like, that's terrible the thing, thing to say to somebody, you know, but I think I was this, you know, I was stressed and overwhelmed and I was just trying to smile through it, you know, grin and bear it. And so, but the one thing that I think is really important for us to remember in that is that God designed us to take breaks, to have some time of self-love and so pushing yourself to the point, and I lived there, like I lived in a place where I was just going, going, going for years, you know, and Genesis 2-2 tells us, and on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So for me, that speaks to the very beginning when God, who needs no rest, who needs no break, rested. He didn't do it because he needed it. He did it to show us that we need to take time for ourselves. We need to rest. So, and for me, I allowed myself to get overweight. I allowed myself to be in an unhealthy place in my marriage. I like so many things that if I had just had good boundaries and looked at what, what was my burden versus my load, if I had had a real understanding of what that was, then I wouldn't have put myself in that position. Right. And there's a lot of pride that comes with that position. There's a lot of, for me, one of the struggles is like helping, like having people help me is just very, very difficult for me. Um, and it's a pride issue. It's not like a beautiful, like, oh, she's this strong, like asking for help is strength. Um, doing everything by yourself and pretending it's fine. That's not strength. That's a weakness of character. Um, it's an insecurity. And so don't do that. Ask for help. Don't be that girl. <laughs> don't be that girl. Okay. So the next, the other side of this, we want to say that like, um, we both struggle with one end of the spectrum. So that one end of the spectrum is not any better than this other end, but we're not as familiar with the other end because um, because we struggle so much 
we're too we're too busy trying to be martyrs that yeah we're, that we're too busy misunderstanding scripture in the other way to misunderstand scripture and i it's not any better like no and we just want we really want to clarify like it's not better to be manipulative than it is to be selfish and i feel like it could easily go you could go from one end of the spectrum to the other like that, especially if you're living in this world of I'm tired and I'm crazy Mm -hmm. and I just need a break. Then it's so easy to hop over into that. Well, it's all about me. Yeah. And the other end of the spectrum is selfishness. Like when you're not taking the time to, um, when you do see yourself as more important or more needing more things without I'm struggling for words. Um, what we what we had talked about was like uh, someone who's spending family money to take care of themselves in this name of self love, and they're not actually doing things like financially prudent or um, just being really selfish about it, not really taking into account anybody else. Um, and I think it's also just taking like what, like everything that you know, as a Christian, like what, what it should look like. And just saying, I don't care because I'm more important and putting yourself first and in every situation with everything, like, and it doesn't, and it's like, you have to live in that. But like, when you're making silly, like silly decisions, like, oh, I'm going to plan this trip to Hawaii, even though we have, you know, it'll put us overdrawn and I still haven't bought groceries for my kids yet or whatever. Like, that's not okay. That's wrong. That's selfishness. And that's not self-love because you're not taking care of your family. It's the opposite of self-love. You know, your destruction is what it is. Well, yeah. And Hannah and I both read this book that made us very frustrated, mostly Mm -hmm. because the wording is frustrating. But one of the things that she had said that she thought was self-love at the time was like, because she loved herself so much, she wanted to... um, be a certain size and she was bulimic and throwing up. And in my mind, I was like, how could you ever see that as self-love? But when that's, that's, I think the, um, the like warped view of it is that you're so obsessed with yourself that you're not seeing that this isn't at all loving, like things that I need to do for myself to make sure that I'm loving and caring for myself is like treating myself as a child, which is super weird, but like I have three kids. So if I'm feeling really sad and for me, emotions are really hard, but like, if I'm feeling really sad being like, okay, it's okay that you're crying. Like that sucks. Oh, okay. So in this way, I I do go to the selfish side because like when I'm feeling like really sad, I'm like, oh man, I just want like a bunch of cookie dough. I'm going to eat a bunch of cookie dough and it's going to make me feel better. But no, it doesn't actually make you feel better. And actually like, that's not self-love. Self-love is feeding your body healthy foods. It's taking care of yourself. It's like, it's almost like she's a, there's that phrase. Have you ever heard, um, let's keep up with the Joneses or you're you're keeping up with the Joneses. I feel like that's, it's very keeping up with the Joneses centered. Like, like the selfish woman is the woman who's like, well, I have to have the newest and best thing. And not that there's anything wrong with buying stuff within your means. I'm not saying that like you can have like 
a beautiful, big, beautiful home that you paid cash for or took out a loan for and are able to make those monthly payments and you've got the job security for it. Like, I have no problem with that. You can have an awesome car, you know, whatever. Um, but if your goal is to like, just keep up with everybody else and, you know, that's the priority, that's a problem. Like you, I think your priorities, again, it's just going to go back to those priorities of where are they? Are they in the right place? Because when you're looking at the selfish, selfless or the selfish woman, boy, that's hard to say. If you're looking at the selfless and the selfish woman, the struggle is the same. It's just coming at it from a different angle. Right. The struggle is priorities. Are they right? Where should our priorities lie? Where should our boundaries lie? boundaries. Yeah. Uh, Dave Ramsey has a really good quote, um, which is don't spend money. You don't have to impress people you don't like. And I think like that is, um, there are several times taking a step back from social media where like, um, you realize that like a lot of the things that people are doing now are for Instagram like they're not even really having fun doing them they're purely for the picture or for the um and it's just it's kind of a weird for me it's really hard to get behind that because like um I'm a really big experience person so like I will try to leave my phone behind all the time which means that I don't get pictures which like that's why we have like two pictures together it's true (laughs) I have a hard time talking about this woman without being facetious or like sarcastic because it doesn't make sense to me, but that woman probably sees my struggle and it doesn't make sense to her. I think that's why we had such a hard time talking about it last time is because it's hard for me to talk about someone else's struggle that I don't struggle with. Yeah. I think so too. For sure. And I think, but I think that's okay because I, I think that we can all be all like, like what you had said, like there is an aspect of that to your, that you can look at, you can see in your own life, right? The cookie dough, right? That's something you do. Like there is times where, and I do, I think that's why it is easy for, to jump from one to the other because like neither one of them are right. Right. If you're searching for the right, it's in the middle. It's not either one of those. This is how self-love applies. Um, For me personally, in my life, things that I've done out of real, actual self-love are to treat myself like I would treat my own child, which sounds weird, but like, that means when I'm hungry, feeding myself healthy food. That means making sure that getting outside and exercise and things that are important for body functions are happening. That means setting aside time to spend with Christ. That means when, like I have really bad anxiety. So when I start having spiraling thoughts, taking a minute, writing things down, praying about it, um, and talking to good, safe people. For me, that also means cutting out a lot of caffeine, which I hate, but it is loving. And I think ultimately, like asking myself, like if my kid were going through this, how would I react? Because if I'm going through it and I'm really sad, I am going to pick cookie dough. Sounds 
Like it might make me happy for a short time. But if it was my kid who was that, I'd be like, no, you're going to get a stomach ache. Sounds like a bad idea. Let's do something else. Let's make some fruit dish that's going to be delicious and not give you a stomach ache. And not saying that like anytime you eat cookie dough, it's the worst thing ever, but like it's not for making decisions towards self-love. What does loving yourself look like? Both emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, like what does that look like? And I think I will say that I think the Proverbs 31 woman is a good place to start. Like, is it attainable? We're probably never going to like be able to do all the things she does. Right. But I think it's a good guide. And I also think with that being said, that God gives us plenty of examples in the Bible where he does things like tells us to rest, tells us to feed ourselves like God in the old Testament ate, you know, and again, he doesn't need to eat. He's God, but he did it. And I think that he does things like this. So he is, is a way to show us as an example of how to be, you know? And so that being said, like when we're evaluating, you know, how, and, and my version and Hannah's version is going to look different than yours. They're not going to look the same. Yours might be a lot prettier than mine. And that's great. I'll just be looking at you like, why can't I be just like her? <laughs> but realistically, like that's the truth. Like the reality is that not all of our pictures are going to look the same. And that's okay because what matters most about this is that your boundaries and your relationship with Christ is where it needs to be. And those priorities are set to God first. Like, and then go, you know, where, what's next husband, kids, you gotta, you know, and if you, I would recommend writing a list of those priorities and where they need to be. And I would do an, also an, like an honest list in my list <laughs> and my list of values, just so that I can refer back to them. Right. Like as I'm making, like, sometimes they're really small decisions, but sometimes they're bigger ones. And what we've learned through the boundaries books too, is saying no to the good to say yes to the great is yeah. that sometimes Sometimes you're saying no to helping out in church nursery yeah. and like yeah. everything in you is like church nursery, kids helping God, all good things. But if that's taking away from your family, if that's taking away from like time that you, you need, if this is a season where you're needing to hear the service and not do kids nursery, like that's why your priority list is so important is because like you the things that you're saying no to, they're not always bad things. A lot of the times you're saying no to something that's good. And you're just saying no, because there's something that's better that God has for you. And I would recommend, and this is something I did. I wrote a, what it should look like. And then what it realistically looks like. And that hurts because then you're like, okay, so this is, this is where I'm getting it wrong, you know, and that might be humbling for you. And that's okay. And if you don't want to do that, if you don't need that punch to the ego, okay, just write your list of what needs to be and shoot for that. Um, but what is humbling is when you write your list of what actually is and what the reality looks like. That's like taking a picture of yourself when you're like about to start your diet and you're like, okay, here's the befores. <laughs> and then you right. every time you look at them. And then, you know, then you see your after and you're like, look how far I've come, you know, I'm that Another thing that cool. I've, um, and just depending on where your mindset is, is like, what are you spending your money on? Because that will show you a lot of where your values are. Like, 
is it hard for you to tithe or do you spend a lot of money eating out? Like what, what is it that you're okay with spending a lot of money on? And that'll tell you a lot about your values. Self-love isn't always going to be easy and it's going to be something that you screw up on no matter how long you've worked on it, you're going to find better ways to love yourself. And the cool part is, is once you love yourself, it's going to be so much easier to love the people around you because you're going to know what's actually helpful and what is hurtful and what you're going for in real love is honesty and boundaries and discipline and grace. And you need to have grace throughout this process. Otherwise it is going to be too hard. The answer to the question, are we enough, is no, not without Christ, but with Christ, we are. And that's awesome. And we don't want to fall on a spectrum somewhere, one end or the other. We want to be right where God wants us. And that's where we need to wind up. And right in the middle of the spectrum is a, like you are selfish enough to take care of yourself and know what you need and ask for your needs, but you're selfless enough to also give and help others. And you're aware enough to know what is actually helping and what is hurting. Um, and then how self-love applies is just literally loving yourself as Christ would love you. Because he does. As Christ does love you. As Christ loves you. Because he does. Yes. Join us next time as we delve a little deeper into Am I Enough? Thanks for watching. You have redeemed me. You have made me new. You have restored me. You have restored me. Oh